0: This is Iron Mike Stedman, and as always, I wanna thank you for tuning into my show, the legendary Dog Whistle Brandon. Today on DWB, I chop it up with my fraternity brother and fellow Marine, Andre Truss, a serial entrepreneur based in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Truss and I both graduated from the Naval Academy and ended up becoming entrepreneurs, although following two different paths. Truss got his start in real estate, flipping houses, and helping veterans take advantage of their VA home loan through his company, Teller Trust Realty, which he runs along with his co-founder, Teller's Pollard. Now, the pair own a variety of businesses, including a restaurant called Flavor Hills. On the show, Trust talks about his omnipresent social media strategy to stay on the top of mind of prospects, how he uses teaching to drive his lead generation, and his plans for the new restaurant. Trust knows what he's talking about and has the bruises to prove it, so make sure you're listening. With that said, Gunny, get them ready. Yo, saddle up, lock and load. You're listening to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride, where we provide no-fluff and high-impact brand strategy and business coaching for veteran-owned businesses to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the godfather of Dog Whistle Branding, founder of Ironbound Media and business coach at the Lions Pride. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes, or visit our website, dogwhistlebranding.com, to stay up to date on all things DWB. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a dog whistle brand. Saddle up, lock and load. Andre, my brother from another mother. Welcome to Dog Whistle, Brandon. What's going on, brother men? I appreciate you for having me. Our listeners, just so y'all know, me and Andre are frat brothers. I'm I'm basically this pro-fight. For those of you that don't follow uh, black fraternities, we have a whole kind of system and process in it. But we're both Naval Academy grads, both Marines. I was infantry. I think you were, were you finance? Aviation supply. That's right. Aviation supply. And now we're both entrepreneurs. I kind of, I describe Andre as a serial entrepreneur though. Uh,
1: I, I take that. I'll take that. I think, I think that's a good, I think that that's a good description. Um, I've started a couple businesses so I can agree with that. I'm trying to get better at it though. Yeah. I think serial entrepreneurship is, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it kind of doesn't allow you to just focus in and, and build one thing out. I'm, I'm one of those people, you know, obviously we know about, you know, uh, Visionary and executor, so I'm I'm the visionary, and I, I I tend to just have ideas left and right all the time. So sometimes it you know it takes away from the old overall picture, but it's, it's been a dope experience. I'm offloading you know a bunch of different businesses now, getting them set up in a, in a way that you know I don't really have to participate in them. So I'll I'll take that I'll take that description. Okay I love it, man. It sounds
0: like you're building a, a holding company, basically managing multiple. Yeah, that's that's,
1: exa- that's exactly what I'm doing. So I have Telestrust Wealth Group, which is essentially my holding. And we're just branching out from there and, and trying to tackle every market that we can.
0: Briefly, do me a favor and give our listeners a quick overview of your background, as well as the different ventures you manage. And then we're going to jump right into some marketing and branding talk.
1: All right, awesome. So my name is Andre Trust. Like Mike was saying earlier, um, I grew up in the Bronx, New York. I'm a graduate of United States Naval Academy. I got my degree in quantitative economics, which is basically a math and economics degree combined. Uh, ended up, you know, serving as an aviation supply officer in the Marine Corps for five years. Loved it. I thought it was phenomenal. But while I was serving, I also knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and that was always my mission. So while I was serving, a part of those five years, I started my, uh, I started a real estate company where we started off as you know, buying, flipping, wholesaling, which turned into a real estate agency where I had at the height, I think like 15 or 20 agents. Um, then that leveraged into property management for the area. So we started a property management company, which then led us into a mortgage company, which then led us into uh, doing a couple more things with real estate in this past year. My partner and I actually decided to jump out on a new venture. We both wanted to get into nightlife for a few years now. So, you know, we we took our first leap and 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 did a ground up restaurant. It's doing phenomenal. It's called Flavor Hills. It's in Jacksonville, North Carolina. And that's been awesome. I think we're like the number one or two restaurant in town now after six months. So I'm, you know, I'm, pr- I'm pretty pumped about that. We're looking at possibly location number two, three, <laughs> and see, seeing where that goes. But like Mike was saying, I'm I am a serial entrepreneur, mainly because I like to see things come from you know, a, a idea on a piece of paper to a full blown operation. So that's something that, you know, my partner and I both embody to the T and that's been a fun journey. And I, I plan to do this as long as, you know, I'm blessed to do it.
0: Having launched multiple ventures, all kind of supporting the real estate arm, but obviously you're launching this new restaurant. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about what you've learned and from a marketing and branding perspective to drive revenue, because here's what I'm getting at. A lot of times we assume that, hey, just because we got the first one going, it's real easy to do the second one and do the third one. But I feel like launching these multiple ventures, you've got a lot of swings at the plate. So mm-hmm. you've got some real market-based feedback. And I'm interested to learn like, how you approach you know, marketing and branding for all your different ventures.
1: So I like to build our pro. So, so just to give a little bit of background too, my role within all of the businesses is pretty much finance and vision of where the companies are going. So whenever I'm starting a new company, my goal is to get a profile immediately, right? So I'm going to start off with, uh, if we can have the perfect customer, right? Okay, what does that perfect customer look like? What is their age? You know, are they male or, or, or female? Uh, do they like X, Y, and Z music? Like, I, I go very in detail about trying to find a niche within that market that I'm getting into because the niche is going to carry you. And we kind of mentioned this, you know, several times, you know, n- niches make riches. Um, so for me, it's a matter of trying to get as much of a profile built, and then just taking bats at the plate, but taking bats at the plate in as free, in a, a, a free and cost-effective way as possible. So you know, word of mouth. It doesn't necessarily, you know, I, speaking with a lot of new business owners, because that's something that I've been building out as well, Mike. Over time, has been like my personal coaching. I'm slowly getting into that had a couple clients already but I haven't I' just been building up the clientele and one of the things that I kind of speak about a lot is that you have to just take bats at the plate they don't need to be expensive right that's where people make um, a misunderstanding I think you do phenomenal at that right which is just like you put yourself out there so putting yourself out there I think is the biggest thing possible I love social media I I, I can't speak highly of it enough. Right. I think people under, grossly under underutilize social media. So whenever I'm coming out, I tend to businesses from the past. I'll have them. all. I'll have all the emails of everybody I've worked with in the past friends. And I'm not afraid to get their feedback, man. So I'll come out the gate and I'll just let them know, like, hey, here's a new venture. What do you think? How if if I was a random guy on the street, how could I get you to want to use this product? Or how can I get you to want to utilize my service? Or how can I get you to want to come to my restaurant? And people that you trust and um, respect just build the product for you, and then it's just bad type plate, bro.
0: Now, one thing you said before we went live is you mentioned the word bootstrap. So you know, yeah. trust is a finance guy, right? He don't like to waste money, and when it comes to marketing and branding, right? Everybody thinks that they need to hire these like PR firms and pay them, you know, five to ten k a month on retainer or some social media agency. You know, as you've been building out, you know, your realty company first. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the first one, right? Trust Teller Realty?
1: Yeah, tell us Trust Realty.
0: Yeah, Teller's Trust Realty. You wrote that out. You weren't, you were doing the social media, but that was more you and your team, right? Did you, were you
1: outsourcing that? Nah, it was just, so when we first started, I took an approach of, once again, I build out kind of like our mission plan and my partner's just absolute apex predator, murderer, executor. He just gets it done. Love that dude to death. I can't praise him enough. Um, so when we were building up the strategy, my goal was, you know, why aren't people using their VA loan? Everybody I was speaking to wasn't using it. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense because you can build a real portfolio And me coming from a financial background. I knew that. And coming to the area, I'm like, you know, I, I got ranked number one for um, for my MOS at TBS. So I had the first choice and everybody was like, OK, I guess he's going to Hawaii. And I was like, no, nah, man, I'm going to Jacksonville, North Carolina. And everybody was kind of like, what? You're going to pass up Hawaii, um, you know, Oki, California for Jacksonville? And I told them there's nowhere in the world that you can get beachfront properties for pennies on a dollar. Just pennies on a dollar. It's almost like a joke. You get a beachfront property for like 150000 at the time. So I'm thinking long term and seeing the progression and growth of the area, I was like, okay, why are more military personnel, I think it was like 13% of people, 13% of military was using their VA loan. So it's not a, they can't use it. This must be a knowledge thing. So I took the stance on if I can just be the leading voice, which I I wish I knew about podcasts back then. I didn't bro. But if I could just be the leading voice on social media, every single time somebody could pick up their phone and just see trust talking to be about the VA loan, they're going to want to talk to me. Because it only makes sense. It's putting money in your pocket. It's it's something that's going to build build out for you. It's assets that you can have, and everybody wants to own a house at some point. So why not have you know a loan that you could pretty much get the house essentially for free? I made on my first real estate deal, bro. I made seven thousand dollars. They were just giving houses away at that point. So I made it a point to become the leading voice in teaching, and that that was our strategy. If I can get my voice in front of 300 people. It doesn't have to be a million people. My market, real estate is a very uh, high margin business. So if I can get my voice in front of, you know, a hundred people, 30 convert, that's six figures a year. That's how I rationalized it. We ended up doing that and it just took off and it took us about like six months, just no clients. And then all of a sudden, man, it was like 60 clients just rolled in like back to back to back. And then we just built the referrals off of that. So uh, when I talk about bootstrapping, it didn't cost me a dollar, man. It cost me, I think, a thousand dollars for the computers we were using at that time. Cause we needed better computers to be able to write up contracts and things like that and wanted to be able to track our emails. So it was just me and my boy um in in his like uh spare like bonus room and just add like a makeshift Walmart desk. Cause we were like, you know, how do we know this works until so we make a dollar? And then we made our first dollar man, and it was off to the races.
0: So there's a couple of things that I think are very beneficial for our viewers. Number one, we talk about identifying a market for your business, right? Are people spending money in the market, right? Is there money there? Or are you yep. trying to swim upstream? The dope thing you identified trust was that in Jacksonville, like you said, there's all, a, a lot of opportunity to purchase property. All the veterans have access to the VA loan. So the money is there. You just have to figure out how do you get them to leverage it to purchase property. And so your marketing, your branding was really built around education. And education. I have a newsletter I'm gonna do next week probably about how to outteach your competition. And I got yeah. it from the book <laughs> Rework and uh, Jason Free, because everybody thinks marketing is, you know, we got to do this, this silly skid, or we got to record this video and this and that. But a lot of times it's like, how are we educating? How are we informing people? And you identifying it like, hey that's the Trojan horse is the education Education is going to get us in there to get clients. So as you start to say, okay, where am I educating them at? Talk to us about that. Was it social media? Were
1: you going to do in-person events? I mean, what was that process like? Everything. So my, so my partner and I, there's a phrase that we love. I think I forgot where we got it from. but I think it was Grant Cardone. But when we were first starting out, we were like, how, how are we going to diversify ourselves? That was a tough question that we wanted to ask. Like, we can't put all of our eggs in one basket. So, how do we diversify ourselves and multiply ourselves? So, Tellers and I, we took a stance on omnipresence. We're going to be everywhere at all times, continuously, just omnipresent. So, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, emailing, you know, YouTube videos. Anything that, you know, in-person sit-downs, we would do like, uh, we'd have uh, home buyer courses where people can come out. It's completely free, right? So we would, we would uh, reach out to different sectors. I was still in the Marine Corps. Uh, I'd reach out to different financial sectors and, hey, I need 30 Marines that are nervous about buying a house and don't understand what they're doing. And because it's information and because it's knowledge and because it was free, most importantly, people showed up, man. So for us, it was just a matter of, if we can put out enough information and get it in front, we're gonna become, become the subject matter experts, or the SMEs as we like to say. And our credibility is gonna go through the roof because when people go fact check what we're saying, which everyone does, they're gonna go fact check and see that we're spot on. And we didn't do it from note cards and we didn't do it from X. That's just pure knowledge, which means that we've studied this and this is something that we know. My partner also was uh, a, a recruiter for the military. Monster was going to career recruit, uh, run his own section, do all of these things, and just decided not to, and put a one-officer uh, package in and went the officer out. But we took that same approach of by the numbers, right? If I can get, it, it was to the point where we tested it out. There was a hundred percent conversion on the profile of if you're a vet, veteran or active duty military personnel. If we put the VA loan in front of you, there is a hundred percent chance that you would have a conversation with us. From there, the numbers vary, but it was almost like it was something disgusting. It was like 50 to 70% chance that after that conversation, you'd want to buy a house because it just makes logical sense. And the other, and the other 40 to you know, 30 to 40% were just individuals that were nervous and ended up, we kept them in that database, sending out emails, following up with phone calls every couple of months kept them on Instagram and social media so they can see and have social proof of other people purchasing houses and doing things and realizing and building up fomo and that's how we that's how we came back around to it but it was it was it was really heavily just being everywhere omnipresent trying to speak on every platform doing podcasts like this now that I know about stuff like this I'm trying to get on everyone's podcast right because there's a lot of information and there's a lot of people who who can do great things they just don't have the knowledge and the information to do it Facts.
0: So let me ask you this, right? There's a lot of different realtors in the area, you know, obviously because we're not the only ones that have identified this market. Veterans, you got the, you know, you got the car dealers, right? Hey, come over here, Marine, you know, 30% interest. We can get you off the lot today. Right. But mm-hmm. uh, how have you been able to distinguish yourselves from all the different agencies uh, that are out there?
1: You know, what's funny when we were first starting out, that was the question that we asked ourselves. It was like, everybody's trying to sell a house. How can we, we don't need to be selling houses, right? Tellers and I took a stance of we're going to be college ed- educated professors. We're going to become professors of the VA loan. While everybody else was 0% down loan. Okay. Like, what does that mean? Right. That that was like, that because that when I was purchasing my house, I started asking those questions. And I'm like, okay, like sell me on this product. I knew about it. But I asked my realtor, and that's what really got me into it, by the way. She just wasn't, she didn't understand what she was saying at all. I said, okay, tell me about the loan. Oh, yeah, 0% down. 0% down. Like, what does that what does that mean? Like, are, are there still closing costs? Like, yeah, but you know, yeah, 0% down. She had no idea what the VA loan was other than it was 0% down. So then I started calling. I called like 300 realtors in the area and just pretended to be a buyer. That's a pro tip, by the way, whenever you're trying to get answers, call people in the market and, and get those answers from the people that's in the market. I call like 300 realtors in the area and they all said, they are not allowed to tell me that I have to go to a mortgage lender. But if they want to work with me, they have a mortgage lender in mind. But it's like, why would I want to work with you if you don't have the information? Right. So now if somebody can come to me. So we coined this, right? Every single client that we get, gets a one hour VA loan class taught to them. From memory, I could just spitball it. I've been doing it so long that a one hour class that goes through the history of the VA loan, the benefits of it, how we came back from war and didn't have an opportunity so that they put the program in place to make sure that veterans had houses. Like this, It was literally designed for you to utilize it. But when it's taught that way, it's very different from saying, hey Mike, 0% down. What does that mean? Then I go from the history into the benefits into how they can build a portfolio into how they can pad their retirement. So now instead of, you know, just having, you know, I, one of one of my favorite things that I like to use is the average, the average rent anywhere right now is like $1,500, right? So if you get five houses within the next five years and you wait the full 30 and let them run out, appreciation goes up, Each house is worth $2,000. That's five houses free and clear at $2,000. That's $10,000 a month. That's $120,000 in retirement. Not not taking into consideration anything else you've done throughout that 30 years. Any money you've saved, anything. That's a retirement, right? But a lot of people don't view it that way. So I took that stance from an economic standpoint of, oh, yeah, we're going to run the gauntlet and just become college professors in the V.A., And that's how we're going to out teach because, and so because you talk about branding all the time, which I really appreciate, Mike. He's helped me a lot with that as well. And we, Mike and I, have been building with each other over a year. So being able to be on the show has been absolutely phenomenal. But one of the stances that we took as a part of our brand is please allow us to compete. Go get your realtor that you think is the best and, and have them come toe to toe with us. Because I know another realtor is not going to do that. They're not going to want to, this is the warrior spirit in us Marines and stuff like that. But another, another realtor isn't going to do that. I had uh, one guy, I think it was four weeks ago. I don't, I don't do real estate sales anymore, but if there's a client that's hard to close, some of the team might hit me up and say, Hey, you know, I'm having trouble closing this client. Would you mind helping me close? Right? So I'm like, okay. And he gets on the phone. He was a little bit arrogant and he's like, Hey man, you know, I already have a realtor. You know, I'm just reaching out because my buddy told me that you guys are good. I said, okay. So let's talk for a second, right? I guarantee you, let me make you an offer right now. I guarantee you that by the end of the conversation, if I smoke your other realtor, which I want to compete, I I haven't had you sign anything. We're not having you sign any documents. We're just going to go based off verbal. I just know I'm better. And I'm going to tell you I'm better. And I'm going to stand on the fact that I'm better. Has your realtor told you how good they are? No, they haven't. And I'm like, that's because they're, they're nervous. I'm not nervous about this. So let's jump into the conversation. But I started the conversation with making him intrigued versus being like, yeah, 0% down loan. And like none, none of that matters at this point. He wants to feel secure. You got to transfer security to the client and, and whatever whatever business that you're in, you got to transfer security. So being able to transfer that security and being able to out basically out teach everyone because they just don't take the time. So then now I use that like hey has your has your uh has your realtor you know ran you through an hour course on what the VA loan is and how you can build a portfolio over the next 30 years oh no they just they just told me that I was supposed to get pre-approved oh so you don't even know what the process is so how how are you gonna learn for the next time do you plan to buy more houses yeah so how are you gonna know the process to buy a house if you're not actually learning the process to buy a house do you even know what a pre-approval is And this is the realtor that you chose? What are we even, what are we talking about? And now it's just like, just ran the gauntlet. So it's a matter of like just really outperforming everybody else in the market by either having a special edge. And for me, that special edge was, they had no idea what they were talking about. So I took a stance of, I'm going to read the 38,000 hours of of knowledge on this thing. And I'm going to be the knowledge and, and focal point for everybody to come to.
0: So it sounds like by you just getting out there and teaching, whether doing a workshop, coming on base, doing something out in town, that's the metric that really drives and keeps your pipeline full. So as long as you're teaching, you maintain a full pipeline.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the way that real estate works is just once you build up a large enough pipeline, deals fall from the heavens. I haven't done marketing in almost two years.
0: And do you think that's also because of reputation? So now yes. people start making referrals on your behalf. I see you well, on the social you know, whenever somebody closes with you and your team, right, you share the post, they share yep. the post, and yep. you just create this, this network effect of
1: people exactly. being aware of your brand. Because another natural thing is, right, if I don't have a house, right, but my buddy has a house, the natural instinct is to be like, well, I want a house too. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just It's just natural human progression. So okay, if my buddy has a house, I'm going to ask him. That's how I got into real estate. My buddy Etienne closed on a four-unit apartment in 2016. I said, bro, to me at that point, not having any real estate, a four-unit you know, apartment was like, you might as well have the Taj Mahal to me. So I hit him up. I'm like, yo, bro, I, I need answers. And he put me onto his realtor. And that's when I learned about, oh, there's a niche here that people aren't, they're not running it like a business, They're running it like solopreneurs. They're not trying to build something here. They're not trying to build out streams, you know, have reoccurring clients, have stuff that they can rely on. They just want enough sales and to get to the next point. So coming in, I approached them more from a business standpoint of like, these are the metrics we need to hit. These are the year-on-year growths that we need to have. Here's how we're going to get money from banks. Here's how we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And all it's going to take is just us for six months just talking about it because nobody has the time and bandwidth to just talk about the same thing for six straight months it's you have to be an expert to do that or like at least how the the public is going to view it
0: love it and again this is tying into my my again my, my my future newsletter i'm doing new episode about teaching and branding and marketing because i just feel like we spend so much time doing a bunch of stuff that doesn't actually move the needle Instead of the stuff that actually works, like getting clients and helping them purchase their first home, then highlighting them and activating their network, you know, identifying, hey, what is that Trojan horse that's going to get me in front of clients, Uh, teaching, you know, or in my case, podcasting, etc. So I love it. All right. I want to shift gears here in the time we got left. Talk to us about Flavor Hills. So I've been in Jacksonville. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of restaurants, right? You got the Applebee's. You got I don't know if Chatters is there. But yeah, Cheddar's. There's a lot of restaurants in Jacksonville. So I'm curious to know when you rolled out Flavor Hills, that's similar to you know your your real estate agency. How were you standing out from the competition? How were you
1: positioning the restaurant? So the way that we did a lot of mark, it's funny how the restaurant even started. No kidding. No, and this goes back to where we we're talking about, about challenges and you know, my partner and I just we just love doing this because we like to see things from start to finish. He was driving by and seeing that the restaurant had a for rent sign on it. Right, The location was phenomenal. It's literally right next to the Walmart, next to all of the shopping centers next. And it is literally in the middle of like nine hotels. But the issue is, is like every restaurant that has been in that building keeps failing. And I'm like, why are they failing? But then I went back through the history of the restaurants and it's like, Mexican restaurant, Mexican restaurant, Mexican restaurant, Italian restaurant, Mexican, Mexican, Mexican. And I'm like, okay, but there's three Mexican restaurants across the street. And then there's another two, five minutes away. And then there's another seven. Right. So I think people just kind of got lazy and it's like, oh, Mexican works. So for us. We actually took to the market first. So what I did was I started the negotiations up. We had no concept in mind. We were like, yo, can we do this? As two performers, can we start from scratch? Never had any restaurant experience at all. And do we believe that we're that good at business to do this? Like, no kidding. And everybody told us that it takes nine months to do a restaurant. Can we do it in 90 days? That was a real combo that he and I had. And we were just like, you know what? As performers, we want the ultimate challenge. And this is what it's going to be. So we actually blitzed the market. Like it was no sleep for like 90 days. dude. Like no sleep at all. And I just asked everyone like, what would be the perfect restaurant? And it goes back to what I was mentioning earlier. People exclude the customers. I don't understand why. I think people get nervous and it becomes a matter of like, I don't want to tell people what I'm doing, but nah, man. So I went around. First people I started with were waiters because I realized that wait staff is, is like super high turnover. I say, hey, waiters. What would make you work? What's the perfect setup that I mean? Well, if we had handhelds, that makes it a lot easier, right? It's a lot of annoyance having to walk back and forth to the kitchen every single time. But if we could create. So I said, okay, the issue is logistics. A lot of people aren't good on logistics. So we need to highlight logistics. Okay, what's next? Hey, customers, what type of food do you guys want to see here? There's not one modern Southern comfort restaurant here, which, which is like chicken and waffles, brunch, you know, like uh, like what you would see in a major city is just not here. I said, okay, customer base wants that. We're a one-of-one menu. And our logistics is going to be tighter, so we're going to have the best servers in town come over. Our price point is higher. It'll take people a little bit to adjust, but we'll be the first place in Jacksonville that provides a getaway from Jacksonville. Because when you step into the restaurant, it's almost like you transport to New York, D.C., or like Charlotte. You're not in Jacksonville anymore the feeling, the vibe, the music, every single thing almost transports you. So we built all of this from just literally asking hundreds of people what the hell they wanted. And then looking at, uh, pardon me, I don't, I don't know if we curse or something like that. You can curse, you're fine. <laughs> um, but uh, asking them what they wanted. And then we started it from start to finish with the customers through social media, man. I I, I cannot speak of this highly enough. The first day that we got it, and we signed the contract and everything was good. I hired my chef from out of town. She's from D.C., so she's going to bring that flair. And we just had people follow us on the journey because why customers love to be they want to patron something they build. Right. So that was our edge. If we can get our entire network from real estate, our entire network from the Marine Corps, our entire network from having known everyone and done transactions with everyone in town and being a a, a true leaders in the community to build this place with us and see it from start to finish, they'll have no objection in their mind that this is the place that we're going to patron. And I'm I'm listening.
0: Just hearing you talk, right again, embedded entrepreneurship. Do you know the community that you're serving? Right. Everything trust just said one lives in Jacksonville is a Marine knows how Marines and the military staff moves around that area. To talking to customers, like I know Jacksonville doesn't have a high-end brunch spot, right? When I was there, we used to go to this one little coffee shop. I don't even know if it's still open, but there was no high upscale, like, where am I going to go on a Sunday? Where am I going to take my girlfriend to? You know, usually people had to go to Wilmington or go to Riley, and you're saying, hey, we're going to bring this to Jacksonville because these are what the people are asking for. And again, on the price point, I mean, not to get into broke Marines, but for the most part, you knew people could afford it. Right. Yeah. People can afford to pay a little bit more for some good food um, down in the Jacksonville area.
1: And that's how you kind of built a moat around your business. Exactly. And then we got everybody on board. I don't know why people weren't partnering, but I went and partnered with all the hotels. I'm like, this is literally there's new people coming to town. To be honest, uh, if we have percentages, I haven't even tapped into the Marines here yet. Really? We're probably like five percent Marines. And, and that's where our next push is going to be getting basis. So now we have people doing their going aways here. We have like influencers coming in and we've tapped into the social media market where if you go to our Instagram, our Instagram is clearly optimized. And what I did was I just hired younger people for the role. Like I don't want somebody that's 55 and out of touch. I want a 21 year old who's their entire life has known Instagram, right? That's who I want running the Instagram. So Nessa, I think she's 26. Phenomenal. She was a prior Marine. Absolute apex predator. She runs our, you know, she's one of our managers. And on top of it, she runs our social media. And she's always on it. She, it's a part of who she is. So now she's showing off stuff. She's showing off the food. They get to know the people before they even get there. We have people coming. And another thing, too, is we added flair to it. Right? So I don't have, we don't have, uh, we have TVs, but we, we don't have anything playing right on the TVs is like um it's like talking points on a TV like you'll see like waves or you'll see like a lava lamp or you'll see something right and it's supposed to be what is the point of going out other than to hang out with your friends if you're not going to hang out with your friends the point isn't to be on your phone so the music is like vibe music like afro beats stuff like just just gets everybody going and gets the energy rolling and then our all of our bartenders are all like real bartenders, not to be, you know, rude or disrespectful, but you're not just pouring drinks from like, you know, this is a mix and this is a mix and you just pour it in. They're like real legit trained bartenders. Took me forever to find them, but they add real flares and they know how to market and they know how to build. Getting a real bartender was something that I realized was all the other places were just stifling their bartenders, not allowing them to have any creativity. But when you get into bartending, it's like art. So I allow them to, as long as it fits within the margins of, of these numbers right here, and you're not, you know, plus or minus a variation of like three, two, two or 3%, bro, you can, bro, sis, you could do whatever you want. This is y'all bar. I will not interfere. If you don't interfere with the bottom line, I don't interfere with you. So because of that, they have some of the craziest drinks. Uh, our drinks are one of ones in Jacksonville. You can't, You can't get any of the drinks that you get here at different places because our bartenders are constantly learning. They love to come into their job. I have bartenders coming in you know, on their day off to get reps in because they're like, yo, like, I wanna be the lead bartender, right? So creating an atmosphere for them to compete. We don't stray away from competition either. That's, a, that's another thing. Like every, everything is a competition. So whoever sells the most gets bonuses, gets extra stuff, gets trips, get, uh, it's just, we're a meritocracy. All right, so I built all of it on performance. We're not going to do you know, favoritism. We're not going to do any of that. I need you to come in and I need you to perform. I want you to like where you're working at. And that's another thing too. Our employees love where they work at. So because I allow them, once again, if you don't interfere with the bottom line, if guests are happy, you could do whatever you want. So they bring their friends in. They have events there. They They love the place like it's their second home. It's a family there. And if somebody disrupts that mood, You're no longer going to work with us. I have zero tolerance on that. So creating that atmosphere took us a while. We went through a lot of hurdles, but that was the vision that we had in mind. And now if you go to anything with Jacksonville related, they're like, yo, you can't come to Jacksonville and not go to Flavor Hills.
0: So it sounds like you really lean into creating that experience, those upscale cocktails. I've seen the social. You've got the little flowers where people want to come and take a photo to let everybody know you know, hey, they're at Flavor Hills. So creating that, yeah. that signature experience, recruiting Built-in best marketing. bartenders, having food, marketing. That, exactly, having food that you can't get uh, anywhere else. And the restaurant industry is notoriously difficult pre-COVID, you know? Um, and the fact that you guys are still doing good and that you're leaning in, man, I'm, I'm proud to see it. So mm-hmm. as we wrap up here, we've got, you know, a bunch of veteran small business owners listening, right? And one of the things that a lot of them struggle with is, keeping a full pipeline. We've understand that with regards to the realty company, making sure that you're out there educating, you're teaching, you're leveraging social media because you're a digital native, right? So you also know that the clients that you're serving, they're also on these platforms, which is why it makes sense for you to get out there and engage with them. And if they're not on it, chances are their wives or their significant somebody's others on it. on it. So somebody's on this platform. With regards to the restaurant, right? What are you doing to keep a full pipeline on the restaurant?
1: So one of the things that we really tapped into is in the first three months, Tellers and I shook and spoke to every single person that walked into that place as a hand. Personally introduced ourselves, said, hey, we are the owner and your opinion matters to us. So if you have a terrible experience, please tell me so I can make it better. If you have a phenomenal experience, please tell the waiters because they probably did that for you. But I want to know what's wrong here. And that pretty much is what, if I had to say what separated us, because you you know you go to a restaurant and the manager will come by, everything good? And then they'll walk off. But think about how much it, it's sweat equity. And I'm always going to drill on sweat equity and, 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 and doing it from a place of just concern and care. So we spent hours in that place, shaking and meeting every single hand because now it becomes personal. So now every single one of those people Are like, hey, I can't go out and eat and not go to Flavor Hills at least once or twice a week. Matter of fact, here's, and then we sign them up for rewards. So we have a pipeline, we have an email list of like 3,000 customers, right? And if for any reason, and now we, and you know, this is getting advanced, but we look at the metrics every single day. So if it's like, hey, Tuesdays is normally our slowest day, then all 3,000 people get an email saying, hey, you know, Tuesdays coming in, first 30 people get. $5 off their X, or they get 20% off, or they get a special offer, but you have to present this code, right? And people come in and we have different things for different stuff. And that's where, you know, we're not afraid to lose profit in the beginning to make profit for the long haul, right? You have to build customers, build trust, build loyalty. So we had, we're realtors, so we have Realtor Wednesdays. Right. Hey, the fact that we were realtors and we got the, we got J-Board to allow us to get the email list of all the realtors in town. We emailed all of them and said, hey, because we were realtors and we understand the stressful nature of it, come out and get a percentage off on us. Now all the realtors have all their business meetings there, all of their stuff, because it's it's like um when you believe in your product, all you need is for people to see it once. Right? They just need to see it. So as long as we get people in the door and they come in and it's like, oh, it's nice in here. The music is nice. Oh, like this is definitely date night material. Oh, this is not a place for my kids. That's awesome because people don't want to go places with their kids. Right. You know, so now it's like, oh, this is a place that's specifically for us. So, you know, as as new entrepreneurs, don't sleep on the fact that ground up work really works. Got to right? do the work. Being in it and being with your customer, it was painful, man. I didn't sleep for th- like the, the f- three months building it. And then three months of like, I just did not sleep. I was there all the time. Now it's on autopilot. It runs every, every system possible is in place. I, I just kind of check up on it like once every two, three weeks. But it's like, you know, the place runs itself now, but it didn't always do that. But it's running itself now because... In the first three months, I made it a priority to learn every single problem with the place and we fixed everything. Right now, you know, we can't make everyone happy, but we're at the point where like 98% of people walk in there and they're happy. You might get one or two here, and a negative review is, is inevitable. You're always going to get one of those. But overwhelmingly, of like 300 reviews or something like that, I think like 40 are negative. I'll take that. I'll take that. And those were from our beginning days when we were still learning and we never ran a restaurant before. We didn't know the logistics of it. We were just learning on the fly, just taking notes and tellers and I would just post up in there and just watch everyone's movements and be like, okay, they didn't hit the table fast enough. Why didn't they? Oh, it's because they didn't know how to put the order in. So that's our fault. We should have t- we should have taught them more on how to do the orders or how to do X and take accountability of that. So keeping your pipeline full is, is always going to be a matter of getting a clientele list and nurturing that clientele list as long as absolutely possible, man. And just making sure that they feel the warmth and they feel the love and they're going to reciprocate that and they're going to turn that around. And I, and I mean that that's been in every one of our businesses and I'm going to continue to promote that.
0: Love it, man. Trust is time's worth $10,000 a minute. Y'all I had to book him like three <laughs> months ago for this podcast and he's my frat brother. So, uh, trust man. I appreciate you coming on the platform, chopping up with me and my listeners today. How can Absolutely. we, as a community, support the work you're doing down in Jacksonville?
1: Um, you just follow me on uh, Instagram. That's my that's my main platform. I use Andre M Trust on Instagram. I also have my podcast as well. I'm trying to you know take some notes from you. So you know, we decided to you know start the Real Revenue Show, which kind of talks about business in, in, in a different life and in a different light. Uh, making people understand that you know businesses isn't all glitz and glam, uh, you know. From that standpoint, people see it and it's like, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur, but they don't know about the hundred-hour weeks. They don't know about the you know the 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 stress of not knowing where your clients are going to come from and how to make those things happen. So I remember you were starting up, and I'm like, you know what, we we got different brands. Let, let's kind of see how we can make that work. So. Um, that's all that really matters to me. I just want people to get engaged. I'm at a point where I'm doing pretty well. I just want the clients uh, and individuals that's listening and want to change their lives to reach out, engage with us, engage with Mike. Mike is a amazing resource, man. um he he's joking around, you know about uh, busy, but Mike knows always gonna pick up for him, and that's a matter of disrespect. He's a really good dude. He wants to see people win and and being able to be a part of this, and you know is all I can really hope for. Uh, you can follow me on IG once again, Andre M Trust. But really, I'm just looking to try to help as many people as possible. So if you want some help, if you, if you you know, are reaching out and, and you just want to better yourself, Mike and I are here, man. That's all I can offer.
0: You heard it, man. Follow Trust on social. We, inc- we will be sure to include a link to your website and your social in the show notes. Uh, for all our listeners, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and the newsletter that we send out at least once a week to help you level up your marketing, branding, and category design efforts. Reach out to me on LinkedIn or Instagram. Until next time, everyone, peace, love. Have a great rest of your week. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media, where we provide no-fluff and high-impact brand strategy for veteran-owned businesses. We believe that audio is the future of publishing, and we're committed to leading the movement for the veteran entrepreneurial community. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is powered by the Lions Pride, a professional training and coaching company for badass founders. We serve mission-driven, high-performing small business owners with at-the-ready resources, battle-tested tools, and full-service support. We're proud to support veteran and other badass-owned businesses at every stage of growth. You can learn more and get more at thelionspride.com.